All right, here we are. Episode 15, week 7 recap. We got all three amigos in the house tonight. Going to give you a rundown of all the games. We had one of the closest scoring weeks on record this year. First game up was the Nahant Narwhals against my team, Spencer Strasmore's clients. 77-76, bringing the Narwhals up to 4-2-1, and and my team on his third loss in a row down to 4-3. and uh, This was nip and tuck all the way down to the end of the Monday night game. Uh, I think for the winning team, you had Marlon Mack. It was his show, and... Uh, on my side, it was Julio's fumble, along with my lineup uh, jo- jockeying that really uh, made a difference there. And I got to ask you, Mike, now that we have you now on the line, what's up with Watson? Uh, well, it's it's not good when he can't physically fly to a game, but he's healthy enough to, um, to play. So, I mean, that's a question. Um, interesting stat I saw actually earlier today is the Texans have the worst numbers when it comes to their offensive line and QB pressures. There's QB pressure 40, I think it was like 44% of the time, which was almost 10 points higher than the next best. So I I don't know how much it's Watson, how much it's injuries on Watson, and how much it's just their offensive line sucks. Mm -hmm. It's fair enough, but it puts you in a bit of a predicament. And then over on my side, I have Mr. Lucky Trubisky, who he has a lot of good fantasy stats, but he's not necessarily the most consistent uh, NFL quarterback out Blake there. Bortles. Uh, he's Blake Bortles from a few years ago, where it was just garbage time, not, uh, everything. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Hey, uh, Mr. Eric, what do you think of this game? Uh, I think it was pretty close for what we expected. We didn't expect it to be... Um, a blowout, but we didn't expect it to be a one point difference. Um, and it really, there's not really much of any, anything either one of you could have done differently outside of one move. And, you know, if you're really nitpicking over one specific move, that's, that's really kind of, uh, uh, I mean, that's just fantasy football in a nutshell. But if you if you have two or three guys that you could have played differently and that could have really changed the outcome of the game, they understand that, uh, that drawback. No, I agree. I think it was just crapshoot. And I think going into Monday night, um, I think we all would have been in agreement that even the six-point lead was probably not enough for Julio versus Hooper and Julio's mm-hmm. fumble and them getting ahead big and going to the run game uh, definitely made a difference. So just the last little bit that I'll have on this just to share strategy. What I was looking at, you know, I had Fuller in the lineup to start with and I had Crowell. So what I was looking at is two back-to-back weeks. Fuller's been battling with injuries, and I decided I'm not going to play him until I see him have a good game. And so I went ahead and put O.J. Howard in. I liked what I've seen out of him. So I was fine with that change. And so I had Crowell in there, and uh, I really wasn't comfortable with his nagging injury with his foot, et cetera, et cetera. So I was trying to figure out who do I play. So I was waffling between Reynolds and uh, Smallwood as well as Rodgers. My inclination was to go with Rodgers, but with Hilton back, I said, hmm. And then I really liked, uh, you know, the Rams offense. So I said, maybe I can cash in with Cooper Cup out. And that's where hey, the whole logic came. Hey, Brad, I need to interrupt you for a second. Eric, does this sound like a Pat Schirmer after they lose press conference where it's like, <laughs> well, let me explain to you why I actually was smart, even though I lost. No, 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 no. I, I, I actually, no, you're totally right. I'm a... I made a mistake, but I was more of, you know, taking this opportunity from a platform to share, you know, it's like that Thank idea. You. That Thank was, you, Pat Shermer. that Pat. was the rationale yep. behind it. No, it's good. I, yeah. 
It's very helpful for the league, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to, uh, you know, lay this out in front of Mike, and you've known Mike well enough and long enough, Avery, to know better that Mike has no patience for any kind of reasoning that is not his own. And, oh. uh, that's, no, that, that's a good point. That's you fair. know, so everybody outside of Mike Such, that that was for you. Um, right. Let's let's move on to uh, the smashing neurons against West Dane's massive. Um, final score on this one really wasn't that interesting. You had 57 to 41 in favor of the Smashing Neurons. Um, it was really tough on Mike Dorsey because you had Brita and Michelle exiting early and giving you negative games. Just those are th- those really make you happy as an owner. Um, Barkley keeps on, and I'd say Mike D. It's time to roll with Brady. I mean that that's what I see. Plain and simple. Uh, I mean, I get it. I see the reasoning. And honestly, uh, he was in line with probably about 75% of Dalton owners in fantasy football. From everything that I've read and as far as uh, pod, or heard in podcasts, heard on the radio, uh, read in articles, read in tweets, things like that. Everybody got burned by Cincinnati in what was supposed to be a barn burner of a game. And it just it just didn't show up. Uh, you know, it, it's unlucky when you have two major injuries that leave you with negative three points uh to get going but honestly again it's another and and this is going to be one of those theme shows you're going to see it throughout not much that he could really do on his bench it's not like he had a bunch of guys to replace yeah i mean i i can't blame the the dalton play i mean he was thinking shootout uh i think most people were thinking shootout i think that there were a lot of concerns i know you were freaking out about mixing and yeah shootout and it's understandable yeah yeah i you know though this was by far my favorite game of the week because I think in the middle of the yeah. afternoon games, the score was like 20 to 18. Yeah. And you're just looking at it going, man, I know both these teams are better than this, but what the hell? This is hilarious. <laughs> uh, it was great. I was really hoping for a final score of like 33 to 28 and like somebody winning a game with 33 yeah. points. That was my goal. Yeah. No, on the other side, and I'm going to cut you off real fast, Avery. I'm in the, on the other side where, you know, and, and like I said, this is going to be a theme throughout all of the show, uh, all of the, the recaps. Uh, the that Eric themes. Well, uh, you know, I mean, we, we've got to have something to lean on uh, other than your dry wit. The the <laughs> plain bench uh, for for Dorsey was just not there. There was nothing for him to really able to do. Now, Kelly, on the other hand, there were some moves to be made. So if there was ever a chance for someone to overtake Kelly. This was the week. You know, back to the Dalton thing. What I did hear after after the fact was Dalton on prime time, whether it's supposed to be a shootout or not, has mm. historically been hideous. Oh, it's so terrible. It's one of these things that it doesn't matter. It, that should be the determining factor. If Dalton's on prime time, forget it. Um, yeah, is it, is it turning into like the Big Ben on the road theory? Exactly. This is the new one. This is Dalton under the lights. So, uh, so actually, it's not theory anymore. It's proof, right? <laughs> but it wouldn't. It wouldn't have made the difference. It just even if he started Brady, he would have had to have one of those other running backs stay healthy. But he did. You know, we we mentioned it yesterday in our little chat. You know, at least he avoided a major problem with uh, Michelle. So he, uh, you know, has has him going forward. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still a hole. People are talking about three weeks still potentially being out. So, I mean, it's still a hole for three weeks, and that's that's a big hole to replace. Agreed, agreed. So, just to change it up for the league here, we're going to turn it over to Mike Such for the next game. 
Sure. So uh, the next one I have was the Curb Stomper 75, Bismarck Shuttlecocks 94. So this uh, brought those two teams to even. Um, I thought this was an interesting game across the board. Uh, the one thing on the Curb Stomper side, I, you know, there's a question. He's got a lot of young talent. And are we close enough to is it time to sell? Um, and James White, what a giant bright spot that's turned out to be. And uh, I heard some Belichick noise where, you know, he's been nothing but glowing uh, about him. And Belichick glowing is not very often. <laughs> so I, I think that's I think that's pretty surprising, especially considering Michelle. And I don't know if that's just a hype up the guy when your starter goes down or if it's really the situation where is James White this good in this offense? Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree. I think. When you hear him compared to other coaches come out and say something positive, there's more behind it. It's not, you know, smoke being blown. Um, you know, I, I want to ask you, since you were on the line and listening to all the moaning and groaning about this game from the other owner who we happen to have on this podcast, what did you think? <laughs> I, so I, I, I will let him let him say his piece, but I, I have to say I didn't think that he would pull it out. I did think it was going to be more of, of a shootout. Um, you know, within that mixed game, I thought that I just didn't see Curly putting up the three touchdowns he put up. Um, I mean, I think that obviously it got away from it really early, but and when you have Hunt and Gurley combined for you know almost sixty points, I don't care what happens, but I, I didn't see it. Um, so normally I'm happy to make fun of Eric and think that he's freaking out early uh, on his losses, um, but uh, I did think that his team he had a couple guys overperform. I mean, certainly, I'm not going to disagree with him at all in any of those things. Look, I was furious. I was completely upset. I was, I had tilted beyond tilt. I was off the edge of the flat earth. I was gone, man. I mean, this was, this was beyond crazy angry. You know, when you have Sneed do nothing, when you had Allen do nothing, you had Galladay, Diggs do nothing, and negative three from the Bills defense going up against the, the, the sack prone, turnover prone Colts. And they put up a negative three at home. I mean, come on! You talk about, yeah. Go ahead. I think I figured it out. I think you are Tom Coughlin. I think that during a game, you just get madder and madder and madder, and your face just gets redder and redder as you just are angry at player A and angry at player B and freaking Bills defense this and what's he doing over here that and I just that's I finally figured out you're Tom Coughlin. That's probably not completely inaccurate, but you had. But, you know, the thing is, regarding the Bills, D, figure their quarterback was going to put them in a bind to begin with. So that's kind of a tough Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's the last two weeks make. they haven't. I mean, honestly, last two, three weeks they've they've had bad quarterback play. And, then, I mean, they, they've, well, three of the last four weeks they've put up over 10 points. All right. So, look, I, I mean, as much as the Bills' defense is a bad play, the Patriots' defense coming in, I mean, there's, a, there's something to be said for, like, the Bills playing the Bills' defense. I don't think anybody expected the number of touchdowns defensively that the Patriots put up. And no. Chicago's done – pretty well i mean they put up 31 points that without mm -hmm. those defensive touchdowns that's a negative output by the by the defense there too so yeah. i mean it's kind of a damn if you do damn if you don't situation for them on that. Uh, agreed i actually wasn't making the case for the patriots it just was more of I, I didn't i personally didn't think the bills would do well because i thought grabbing a quarterback off of the couch and putting him into the game was going to be even worse than what you had uh you know before which was tough to do but you know it what's really funny is <laughs> 
this game, it really depends on when all the games are being played. You know, had you had Hunt and Gurley having the one o'clock games, you would have been a total sure. different set of emotions. Right. I, I just was, you know, for the rest of the league to fill you in on what happened was we have a little chat going and, you know, Erica's, it, by the time the four o'clock game comes around, you know, the sky is falling and the world is coming to an end. And I, I gave him a little couple jabs saying, you know, I, I think he's still got a shot. You, you get a, you get three touchdowns out of Gurley like he's been doing all year and long, and it, it's still some, possible. Let's add some context there. The sky is falling every week, and even if Gurley and <laughs> yeah. had put him up by like 60, he'd still be like, yeah, but look at all his players that are left. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, I, it, it doesn't matter. He could be up 100 to like 10, and he'd be like, yeah, but he's got the kicker to go. So who knows? Exactly. In the league that doesn't even have a kicker, he's worrying exactly. about the kicker. <laughs> For sure. No, but, you know what? Congratulations, Eric. That, I mean, that's another week in a row that you're scoring in the 90s. So your, yeah. your team is, you know, you're primed and ready to, to really make that move uh, going forward here. And so this oh, is, hopefully. You, you pulled out one that this could have really set you back and possibly put you in a six and seven position. So uh, congrats yeah. to you. Oh, and to, uh, to kick to the next one, which I think was really the only sole blowout of the week, was Ninja Assassins 101, Miller Hyde Life 39. Ninja Assassins moves into sole position in first place at 6-1. and one. And I think this was his first week as the max score. Yes. Um, to pick that up. So obviously those, uh, those PSP moves paying off uh, that he did. Um, I mean, I think his team looks really sharp and, uh, you know, good, good luck to anybody who's, uh, who's got him next week. Oh yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I didn't even notice. Oh, I'm mistake. sure you, you never, you never plan ahead. That just happened to roll off the tongue. You know, it 100%. was, ni- it was nice to see Mahomes. you know, he's back to what we saw earlier in the year. Um, you know, as he's not up against a tough defense, it's lights out. It's video game time. Um, Zach Ertz to me is the most consistent and you know high-flying tight end in the league this year and look at T.Y. Hilton while he didn't have a lot of yards he just came right back in and was you know he threw up two touchdowns so hey it's uh it's good news for Ninja Assassins this is the first real solid win they've had in a while so they're racking up wins whether they play down for the week or they crush the rest of the league no they're certainly putting up the points and and I gotta say you know if when you have the volume uh, of, of performances like he has, I mean, you're basically going to put up strong performances every single week and you're just not going to lose uh, as evidenced by a six and one record. That being said, uh, it's going to be interesting going forward. You know, we were all watching the giants and Falcons game and Coleman basically did nothing until he got the one touchdown. I mean, uh, Ridley, I think that's pretty accurate to what is going to be his role. Again, he's incredibly touchdown dependent. I think those things are always going to fluctuate a little bit, but when you when you have certain guys that have a higher floor, like an Ertz, like an Edelman, like a McCaffrey, and I guess dare say Mahomes, you're going to put up decent points every single week. It's just those other ones that are going to be the question. I also just think it, it's been a crapshoot of a year, man. Um, yeah. Across the board, I think that the the typical, like what you expect from a stud is just not happening is evidenced on the other side with, you know, I mean, with Johnson and Elliott putting up a combined seven points, you know, I mean, those are guys that you would expect to put up more similar to, you know, your game that we just alluded to where you, they were almost up near 60. And um, I mean, especially against a Washington defense and a Denver defense, those aren't exactly, you know, I mean, that's, that's not a 
fantastic defense staring them down. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're they're good. Don't don't get me wrong, but I, I, I you know it's it's surprising. It it also means that. I don't know that we could really argue almost any trade that happens in this league at this point. You know, like I, I don't know what could happen or where you when you take a player. I mean, the traditional thought process is is that still the smart play, or do you just it's more about hoping you get lucky and Freeman goes down and you have Coleman and waiting in the wings. Yeah, basically that's what it comes down to. It's it, there is a lot of crapshoot outside of say seven players in the league. Uh, you know, I think that's kind of what you're hinting at. I mean, there's two very good quarterbacks in the league, uh, and then there's everybody else, and then then there's really the dregs after that. And uh, I mean, there's a couple of just unfortunate, unlucky teams this year. Uh, I think I think they made the right moves. They set themselves up for what was supposed to be potentially a good run, and they've just been they've been hit by the uh, the old nerf bat yeah i'm kind of surprised that he hasn't sold yet to be honest with you um i think considering how many years he's got tied up in those running backs and how many other players and how many other teams that have decent records have young young talent that are just sitting on a bench um i'm surprised there hasn't been moves made i actually got a a hold of him on sunday and i found a little insight he's actually been out of the country and uh uh, so his team has sort of fallen in the back burner but he's told me now that you know the, the he's coming back from i think it's italy um, oh, wow. He's going to be back into uh, a full swing for the league. So I think bonjour. that's where, where the hot... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's buongiorno. <laughs> yeah, right? Is that what it is? Buongiorno? But, you know, as the, as the resident Redskins homer, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. You guys watch through the year, and they're, they're, they're secondary is suspect. Um, they got a lot of young guys out there and, and a lot of mistakes being made, but their front seven, they seem to be shutting down, uh, running backs. So I don't think it was as much of a fluke to hold them to 42. Yeah. I would expect maybe 70 to 80, but, uh, they, they are stout and I can tell you because normally they get trounced every year. Yeah, I'll back that up. I'll, I'll back that up that the uh, the Redskins run defense has actually been pretty good. And um, my only thing is, as I agree with with Mike, is with David Johnson going against Denver's defense. I mean, I dropped to Denver, Denver's defense uh, because they had given up back-to-back 200-yard games to running backs. You know, one being Isaiah Crowell and, you know, uh, the other being um, – my man Gurley. And the reason why I bring that up is because it kind of leads into our next game. Uh, we got the uh, Emperor John himself playing against the Mud Monkeys, and those Mud Monkeys picked up that defense. Again, going back to the point you made, Mike, about you want to talk about a wacky year. Uh, you know, we had a tie in this game of 88 to 88, one which probably shouldn't have happened where John was down. I believe it was 11 points coming into this game. Uh, no, 13 points. And Sterling Shepard pulled it up for him. Mud Monkeys was really buoyed on his uh, offense performance by his defense. And that aforementioned, aforementioned Broncos defense putting up 30 points. The thing that I think is, is really crazy about this game is as much as I think we all agree that going into it, nobody expected Shepard to catch up. Um, I, really, it should have went the other way. Shepard had two touchdowns and yeah. caught both, uh, both near the end of the game where they were going deep to him the one time. He barely got caught by a, a, you know, a, 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 a slight tight tackle from his shoelaces mm-hmm. um, that saved a touchdown. And there was a third one that was in the waning minutes that they went to him. And he, I think it was a pass interference call, no pass interference yep. call. He catches it. Now all of a sudden that game doesn't, uh, doesn't end that way. 
exactly no there was one play that was a skinny post that it went off of his hands that it just oh it was so close to being the touchdown that would have put him up by one point at that point with still a quarter and a half of game to play yeah i think it's it's kind of interesting with the mud monkeys you know they keep putting up high scores i think it's four or five weeks in a row now um but it's in different ways i mean to throw two zeros up to two twos and still score 88 and obviously you had the 30 but they somehow seem to throw some lineup together and they have this so i'm curious to see if if some week coming up the bottom falls out here um their record two three and two that puts them equivalently uh, you know at three and four so you know they're they're right in the thick of things but i don't know i got this feeling with their issues in the backfield um with what's going on with McCoy, uh, I have a feeling that they might catch one of these 50 or 60 weeks coming up. Um, you know, who, I don't know what you guys think, but I think something's going to, something's going to give with them. I certainly feel like it's smoke and mirrors. Look, I mean, you can put up, you know, as we've seen right now, 88 points and not really have too much of any substantial uh, support or, or contribution from your offensive players outside of two guys. Look, my team scored 94, was it? Or, uh, yeah, 94 points. And basically half of the score was in two guys. That's the big difference. Yeah, you know, I mean, I agree with what your guys are saying in principle. The thing is, is if there was a week that I would have said that, that they, you'd catch them and that they would have a 50-point week, it probably would have been this one with Antonio Brown on by. Um, I mean, next week they really don't have much in terms of a buy uh, issue. I, I don't know. I have to look beyond that. But, um, I, it's look, if they have, if you have two or three guys and it's not the same two or three guys every week, but somebody blows up on a weekly basis, I mean, that's how, uh, you know, smashing neurons has gotten to where they are. It's not the same guy that blows up every week. It it's, could be anybody. I mean, it's Albert Wilson one week. It's Demarius Thomas another week. So, I mean, it, it's more roster comp. And I think that there's, there's has been interesting. And it'll be uh, interesting to see, especially since they originally said, hey, we're blowing this up to a message ah. to the league. And uh, I don't see him doing it now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that was just a, you know, fair point fishing out there. You know, they just threw the yeah. bait out to see what they could get. You know, we've we've Trolling. all been in the, in the league long enough with them to know what it really means. And, and the answer was nothing. I'm actually I'm very surprised at the lack of trades thus far. Mm. We actually talked about it on the last podcast. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah. Weird. I don't listen if I'm not on. Yeah, I know. You know, it's okay. the world revolves around <laughs> Mr. Suits there. Um, it's true. But this is the latest we've gone in all five years without having some significant trades. We just we did a quick comparison just the last year, and there was trades in week two, trades in week five, week six, et cetera, et cetera. And Eric, I think, was spot on when I asked him. I said, "When do you think we're going to see the moves?" And he said, "Not even coming into week eight, probably week nine." By the way, the trends are going because I, I've I've reached out to some of the teams that are uh, with two wins and three wins, but maybe are a little suspect, and they could be that first team and they're all coming back to me saying, I still want to wait. I still want to wait. So it's, it's like, it's this big, you know, sort of uh, Mexican standoff. Well, I mean, it leads right into what we were talking about with Paul and, you know, we're talking about the trades and we were using Paul's roster and his record as an example. And here we are looking at his performance. We got the green light for breezes putting out 86 points versus I've got the nuts with 85. We both thought that nuts was going to crush him. We just didn't see where that opening was for him. And lo and behold, uh, Drew Brees put up solid numbers. Landry Watson Rams came out with a huge performance. And again, like Mike has said, 
it's been kind of a wonky year where if you have two, maybe three guys go off, you could have zeros across the board and still come out and put up really good points. It's just been one of those things. You had uh, on the other side with uh, Sunil's team, Kuti and and Paul Richardson, which, by the way, again, another person that I heard all over all of the interwebs screaming about how Paul Richardson was a disappointment, how a lot of people really figured him and Jermaine Curse over there for Paul were going to be one of those guys that were going to break out. Oh, listen, the thing that I have issue with, uh, you know, if I were Sunil is Richard when Richardson was declared inactive. You know, and and mm-hmm. that was leading up. I know it was the later game at four twenty five, but they were talking about he was going to be out before being before the one o'clock games. I figured the reason he made that move is because he didn't want to drop anybody, so he was just going to eat the zero. But look at this. This came back. If he would have just picked up one person that could give you some scrubbage kind of points, he could have won. And yeah. uh, you know, it was that. And the only other thing I picked out, it was essentially this game was the Rams D against the Jaguars D. You know, the Jaguars laid an egg and the Rams, you know, cleaned up against San Francisco. So what you're saying is if he would have traded Le'Veon Bell, like when everyone sent him in a trade offer, he would have won this week because he would have got a player back that he could have put in when that guy went inactive. You're right. And it's Sunil, it's too late, <laughs> but you should do it anyway. Trade all of your guys um, so that you have players to put in. We're, we've been missing this element, Eric. You know, the, the, Have we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've well, been missing it like a bad rash. Look, the, the thing with the Jaguars were another team that just really with the flat out laid an egg, like Mike said. I mean, they did. They just, they, you know, they laid an egg in a situation that was just ripe for the pickings. Have a bad beat up. Well, I'm no, sorry, I shouldn't say bad, but they have a, be- a beat up quarterback in Deshaun Watson coming into the game. They have a team that has got a horrible offensive line. You're coming into your house after two weeks of getting punched in the mouth on a very prideful team that's got a big mouth themselves and it's just it's just ripe to be one of these you know 38 to 12 stoppings and it just didn't show up no i don't blame sunil i mean it's the play to it's that's the right play but in the end that's what it came down to but i don't know there's part of me the more we keep talking about the jaguars the more i want to see just gloom and doom and complete apocalypse i want to see them burn to the ground this year i i actually am now the anti-jaguars fan i want to see them just die just just yeah. remember the, the the more that the jaguars lose and then it's just a number of what say two seasons of sh- of you know just sh- shitty outcomes and then they're the london jaguars so yeah yeah but he's not gonna buy uh you know are you Wembley. are you pushing for that because you know that you're moving to europe so that you can actually go to nfl games is that your is that your <laughs> yeah. whole play is you're like i'm rooting against the jaguars but so they move to europe <laughs> why why game. would he do that though why would you go and root to, for them to go to london so that you watch a crappy team when you're going to get good teams like the patriots and the chiefs and stuff in mexico city you know it, I, this is a whole nother side, but did you go to any games, Eric? Uh, no, I didn't get to the one game. That okay. I, there was only one game. Uh, I got to tell I, you, I will not go back. I mean, it was such a horrible, hideous stadium. I mean, it yeah, was on, me. it was on like minor league baseball, say, like triple it or double bad. A level. It's terrible. Yeah, but even uh, this year, look, look at the game they have this year, though. No, it's not the it's not the play on the field. The stadium experience is horrible. You can't even walk. There's no vendors and the, there's no like place that you, you either go to your seat or you walk out of the stadium. There's no concourse. There's no vendors. There's no stores. There's no nothing. You can wait around until a certain because it's on Sundays. They won't sell beer until like seven or eight p.m. or something like that. And they'll come around with cup of noodles, and that's yeah. that's what you have choice of of pork rinds, cup of noodles, 
or cheap, terrible beer. And that's it. Yeah. And then, Pete, you got to watch out because you're in this segregated area as an American and they'll start throwing things at you. And it's just like, All and right. the angle that you're at is horrible. So I said, you know what? I'd rather watch it at home. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix your entire outlook, though. And you're going to go this year because number one, not on a Sunday. It's on a Monday night. So beer. Number two, <laughs> Rams Chiefs. How do you turn down Rams Chiefs? Azteca it's Stadium. Such, it's going to be such a wild game. Yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and pass. I, I tell you, it was the worst NFL stadium experience I've ever been in my entire life. So what do we got, guys? What do you think? We're going to wrap this uh, podcast up, but going into week eight, I mean, are we going to get some separation here? Or is it going to be more of this never-ending run-on sentence of randomness? I think it's going to be a little bit more of the randomness. The the teams that have that have established themselves record-wise up to this point are not in, in enough some there's not enough of them to be able to separate uh there's the the middle of the pack is too cluttered and too big and there's not enough separation in the middle of the pack to discern between as the top a, half and the bottom half as a team that's weirdly sitting in first place in their division which i really did not expect um i'm gonna hope for separation but i do think it's unlikely and i think it's just going to continue on this it would not surprise me if we were talking two three weeks from now and we still had you know, everybody pretty much sitting at the same record. Uh, I agree. I, I, I don't, you know, as somebody who's on a losing streak, but I feel I could still, you know, throw up a huge score next week. You know, who knows? Yeah, Which I, is I, why people haven't sold because you're, you're exactly the same as everybody else. You could be sitting on two wins. You could be sitting on one win and a tie, but you put up 88 with, with you know, points this week and you've got feeling and nope, I'm buying. I'm a buyer. <laughs> Everybody's a buyer, it seems, and nobody's a seller. So I, I don't know where we go with this because I think the only kind of trade that could happen right now is a player player kind of trade or a multiplayer trade where you, you're moving assets for, for different reasons. But because we have such flexibility in this league with having the two to four running backs, the two to five, you know, wide receivers, zero to three tight ends. You don't, you're not forced into making these moves because of lineups and bench because you can't start players because you have such flexibility. Nobody really needs to, to make that kind of move to, to bolster themselves. I think uh, one of the interesting things, and it's, it's one of those interesting little statistical notes that doesn't necessarily tell you the whole picture, but it kind of tells you a reason for the picture that we're looking at. If you're looking at all the standings, you, you're, you guys are, we're all saying the same thing. There's four and three, three and four, basically throughout the league. There's only three teams with any streak, either winning or losing. And there's two teams with winning streaks. And there's one team with a losing streak. And the two teams with a winning streak are the Ninja Assassins and Smashing Neurons, Ninja, Ninja Assassins and the Smashing Neurons. And they both have five and six wins. And the Spencer Strasmore clients have three losses and are at four and three. So everybody else is either one tied or lost. One. So if this just keeps alternating like this going through, you're completely right. We may not see a trade until the absolute deadline, you know, so that could be another three weeks from now. Yeah. The only thing that, that may throw a little bit of a wrinkle in that is we are, we are hitting really, and I know we talked about as we hit the bye weeks, but we're hitting the other side of the bye weeks in some respects where players that have been on bye and now you no longer have to have those backups to fill in for a bye week team. So your bench gets a little bit more expendable in some respects. Um, so that, that might may, you know, kind of throw a wrinkle in it, uh, hopefully, because I'd like to see some movement, but it's not like I can say anything because I obviously haven't made a move either. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think what Avery was saying too is, is that he, he, it is going to be a massive type offer to make people move off of anything. Uh, I personally have made several offers uh, of varying oh, sizes. I'm very surprised uh, to, to hear that. Yes, yes, sarcasm. Uh, I've made several offers of various sizes to several different teams, and you know they've all been rebuffed at this moment. But but it's it's just it's to be expected. Like you said, uh, this records, these records are, it's interesting. It's a very interesting year. I'll say, I'm, that. Uh, you know, look, I'm going to, I'm going to say something detrimental to the league. Um, as much as I love movement, I really hope that everybody just continues to just straight up deny Eric such trade offers with no context, no feedback, no counter offers, just click deny. So league, do me a favor, just click deny. You'll get an angrier and angrier Eric as these weeks go on. And these will be more entertaining. I'm going to go ahead and call your deny and raise you a no response. You give him a no just response and just, yeah, just and leave, just leave, the, leave the, uh, leave the yeah. trade pending for multiple weeks. You're going to get Eric just spinning in his chair. Yeah. Should be that whole exorcism scene with the head spinning and all that. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I think uh, I, I like the, uh, the, uh, the mix in that, uh, changing it all up there. I think we did well, and uh, I'm hoping the league uh, continues to like this. I've been getting good feedback. There's a lot of lurkers out there listening. And when are we going to get pulled back? Well, on that note, Mike D just contacted me today, and we're scheduling for Thursday to, uh, to try to have a conversation with him. So we're going to get nice. Mike D this week, and uh, we'll bring Paul back in the fold. And uh, I'd say... I don't know. Maybe Friday or Saturday we will get our preview podcast. Sound good? Sounds good. Yep. All right. Until episode 16, this is Avery France with Eric Thompson and Mike Such. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.